Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. everybody enjoy your meal man we gotta eat from the god's house right chick-fil-a we have a surprise for you at the end he was blessed at our dessert later on so i'll tell you over that when we finish up tonight so we're so glad you're here with us thank you so much for coming and being a part of discipleship conference uh, we can't do this without you obviously it's kind of hard to do it with empty pews you know with the covid we've all kind of experienced that so we're excited for another night, and so before we get started, though, I want to invite Brandon Briscoe to come up. He's going to share with us. <laughs> Brandon's from uh, Midtown in Kansas City, and he's going to share a little about about the uh, Living Faith Bible Institute. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting us and, and, and being so generous. And, uh, so just briefly, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Living Faith Bible Institute is the Living Faith Fellowship's uh, training arm. And so there are, there are people from churches, in fact, 57 different churches represented in the Living Faith Bible Institute. And we're continuing to grow year over year. It's been very exciting to watch. Uh, we believe the education each year is getting better and better, the way we bring the education to you, uh, the diversity of, of professors and pastors uh, that are training is continuing to grow. And so we're just very, very excited about what God's doing. And I just want to, to share with you the fact that this summer we're offering self-paced courses again. So in the summer, we offer uh, classes that are a little bit distinct. Um, the classes actually allow you to move at the pace that you want to move, and you've got something like two and a half months to complete a class at whatever pace that you want. And so uh, each lecture unlocks the next lecture. So you take the lecture, and, or you listen to the lecture, and you, and you take the quiz, and then it unlocks the next lecture. And so this is, this is great for people who are busy during the school year. They've got a little bit more free time in the summer to get some classes done and, and caught up. And so we want to invite you to sign up. Uh, some of the classes that we're going to be offering is we're going to be, I know every church has a different D2, we call it Discipleship 2, some, some other churches call it Deeper or other things like that, uh, but it's that next step beyond discipleship. We're actually offering that as a summer course. You could take first or second semester this summer. We're also going to be offering, offering Greg Axe's Romans class, uh, Speech and Reasoning, which is an eight-week course, one-credit course. We'll be offering that again uh, this summer. Uh, that's a critical thinking class. It helps you use the Bible as the lens by which you see the world, politics, uh, social issues, ideologies. And so that's speech and reasoning. Uh, we're also offering, um, they asked me to come up here at the last second. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Um, Literally. We're also offering sevens. So, some of you are familiar with the, the number seven in Scripture. is a very important number. And so we follow the number seven throughout Scripture to help lay out very important doctrines. Um, and then we're also offering, let's see, uh, th those are the big ones. Those are the big ones off the top of my head. But those will be out soon. You'll be able to see those on Facebook if you follow us, the Living Faith Bible Institute on Facebook. All those classes will be coming out very shortly. Again, thank you for letting me share tonight. I love you. God bless. That's awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, if you, 
If you've not taken advantage of that, I can encourage you enough to get involved in that. Um, it's very flexible. They have set times. It's on a video, so it gives you the flexibility to get involved. If you miss that, catch back up and then work with the different pastors and learn directly from them. So I can't encourage you enough to be a part of that. So, again, what do you want to do is have you stand up and join us in worship. Go ahead, Michael. Lead us. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, or sorry, 1 Chronicles, chapter number 16, 8 and 9, it says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Pay attention to that. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye all his wondrous works. We need to talk about those wondrous works, evangelize people so that we can disciple them. And so maybe you're here this morning or this evening, and you're thinking, you know what, I'm new to this discipleship thing, I want to get involved in it. Well, you know, there may be something that is holding you back, but I know this, is that our God can move mountains. Amen? He can calm the storm that raises inside of me, and he can remove all of those worries and, and, and those doubts so that we can accomplish the mission that he's given us to do. Let's sing this together. My will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Amen. Our God is capable of moving all of those mountains. And just one word, let's sing it. Just one word, you call the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven.
There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Men all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Now we believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of
worthy to follow wherever he leads us. But it's a choice that we have to make. Amen? And I pray that you make that choice. Father, we love you, God. We thank you so much for your amazing grace, how you could save sinners like us and use us to reach the entire world with your gospel. But God, we have a lot of work to do. There's more disciples that need to be made, and I pray that you empower us to do that as we move forward through this week and as we go back to our hometowns, that you use us in mighty and incredible ways. And we ask all of this in the name of your dear son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. At this time, you can be seated. Amen. That's good, huh? I enjoyed that. That, uh, that, that last song makes me think of a, another trotterism. It seems like everything makes me think of Pastor Mark. Uh, I think I recall him saying, whatever, whenever, wherever. Uh, willing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, what an awesome uh, legacy we have. I, I think Miss Sherry is in the room tonight. Uh, right back there she is. We love you, Miss Sherry. I'm praying for you so much. Thank you for being here. Great to see her, absolutely. It's great to see you. Thanks for coming back. Uh, would you be surprised if I said I'm surprised? Uh, probably not. Uh, we're glad that you're here and uh, just so grateful for the opportunity to, to be here and be among friends and to be a part of a fellowship of churches that hold the same values, right? Uh, I don't know that we can fully appreciate the value of what we have. Uh, but it is an incredible value uh, that we can uh, be together, be encouraged by our, our faith, our mutual faith, and uh, just uh, keep moving forward for the Lord, uh, serving Him and, and uh, being true to His Word in a, in a, in a time when that's uncommon. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. I praise the Lord for that. So we've been talking about, uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you want to turn there. We've been talking about this spiritual battle that we're in, this warfare. Uh, hopefully on Sunday night we were able to establish the fact that it's, that it's real. Uh, it's not just some analogy. Uh, we are really in a fight, and it's more real than any physical fight you've ever been in. Uh, it's a real war, and there's a right front for us to battle on. Uh, and, and it's about the glory of God, and it's about the souls of men, the Word of God. That's, those are the purposes. It's not about me and, and my preferences, and, and we have a charge. We have been commanded. It's not optional. You're not a volunteer, right? And I know we, we, we talk about being a, uh, volunteers and needing people to help and come along, but, but ultimately, regardless of what we're doing in the body of Christ... We're, we're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. He bought us. We belong to him. Uh, and so it's not, it's not optional. And, and, and we have a weapon. Uh, and the weapon is the word of God. And that's why discipleship is so important. One aspect of why it's so important. Uh, and we talked about the fact that in this fight, and as in every fight, there's winners and there's losers. And, and every one of us is actively one of those. We're either winning or we're losing. Uh, and, and the ultimate conclusion of all that will be at the judgment seat of Christ. And, and so one of the things we talked about last night, that, that if we're going to be winners in this fight, then we have to hold the high ground. We can't be leaving the high ground to come down on the petty ground and, and begin to deal with the, the foolishness of this world and begin to deal with the, the silly, ridiculous things that go on so often in church. You know, where we're worried about all of our preferences and all of our desires and, 
what we like and what we don't like really doesn't matter. One more. Oh, thank you. I just, I mean, you know, come on, we need to agree with that. We need to own that, right? We, we need to get off the petty ground and get back to the high ground because there's a, there's a mission that we're to be about. And when we come down from the high ground to petty ground, we end up being losers. We, we end up being losers in the fight. We're not accomplishing the mission. Uh, and, and so it's, it's critical that we hold that high ground. And, and the way that we do that ultimately is, is we die to ourselves. Right? I'm not going to live for myself. And, and I live in submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I live in submission to the, the authorities that God has placed around me. And you know, I, I think the question there is for that is how big's your God? How big's your God? If, if, if your God's big enough, you can submit to the authority in your life. Because you know he's big enough to handle it. Right? He's okay. He can deal with that. He can manage that. So hold the high ground. Stay on mission. Uh, and tonight we're going to talk about the next, the next step. And let's, let's read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And uh, it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall, teach others, who shall be able to teach others also. Verse 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And so last night we talked about uh, that idea of being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In verse number two, we were familiar. It's a discipleship conference, and we've seen that verse before. That's the strategy, right? In any battle, you need to have a strategy. We need to have a strategy of how we're going to conduct ourselves, and verse two is the strategy. We're going to reproduce the life of God that's within us in others. We're going to take those things that we've heard, and we're going to teach them to faithful men, and those faithful men are going to take that and teach it to others, and it's going to propagate and continue to grow throughout our lives and beyond our lives. And the reality is, in discipleship, in, in, in implementing that strategy, I've, heard, I've had so many people down through the years who would say to me, well, we tried discipleship. Mm, that don't work. Yeah, you don't try discipleship, right? Uh, it just won't work that way. It's something you commit your life to because it's going to take a lifetime, right? It's going to take a lifetime to see those results coming around. I, I, there's some early returns, uh, but it's when you get my age that you begin to see the value of discipleship and what God has done with it, uh, and, and sometimes in the most unexpected places, like with your pastor. <laughs> There's a few people in the room who really appreciate that. Maybe it's just me and Jeff, uh, who knew him when he was a middle schooler. Uh, there may be a couple other guys in the room. Jay's back there. He, he's, he's Okay. Let's don't, give, let's don't give James testimony. Uh, you're welcome. That'll, that's going to cost you, but you're welcome. Uh, so that's the strategy, and, and we don't need to elaborate on that. And then, and then in verse 3, thou therefore, and so again, remember the context of what we're talking about in 2 Timothy. We, in 1 and 2 Timothy, Paul is concerned about his son in the faith. And, and he's listing these people, and he's given these broad, you know, they've all turned away from me, and, and no man stood with me. And, and, he, and he calls people out by name who've, who've been losers in the battle, 
And so he's concerned about Timothy, and he's giving him instructions. Now, in light of all of this, be strong in the grace. And in light of all of this, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so if we're going to accomplish the mission of the ministry, evangelism and discipleship, then we're going to have to be willing to endure hardness like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it is a fight. It is a battle. We are soldiers. That's, that's what he calls us. Uh, and, and we're going to have to endure some hardness. And you know, if you think about it, again, the, the life of a soldier is pretty simple. It's not easy. Don't be offended if you've been a soldier. It's not easy, but it's simple. What, what soldiers do is they do two things. They fight and they train. If they're not training, they're fighting. If they're not fighting, they're training. Right? I mean, that's pretty much the life of a soldier. It's a constant series. It starts with basic training, and then it goes to, to more uh, specific training. But, but ultimately, what they do is they train all the time. And, and they're going through situations of hardness when, it, when, it, when their life isn't on the line, so that when their life is on the line, they're prepared. And, and the same is true for us, right? That's, that's why God uses the analogy. You know, you, you see soldiers, they'll put a 50-pound pack on their back, and, and they go run for miles. It seems a little crazy to a guy like me anyway. But why are they doing that? So when it's necessary to run for your life or, or to get to a place in a hurry to, to go to the fight, you're capable of doing that. Some of you in law enforcement or, or firefighters would, would understand that same thing, right? You've got to be prepared, in the moment of battle, you, you need to have endured some hardness so that you, you don't fail, you don't faint when you're called to task, when it's, when it's time to, to go, when your, your life's on the line. And so we have to be willing to endure hardness. And, and that phrase maybe seems a little strange, maybe we're not sure what he's meaning, but if, if you look a couple of places, go down to verse number nine, he says, wherein I suffer trouble. It's the same word there that's translated endure hardness back up in verse number three and verse number nine, it's suffer trouble. It's the same thing. So to endure hardness is to suffer trouble. Verse number 10, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that I may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And endure all things. It's the same phrase. And then in chapter 4, verse 5, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And so these ideas, this idea of of being able to endure hardness is this ideal of suffering trouble and, and enduring all things, enduring afflictions. There's going to be some tough times. But I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything, regardless of what it costs me. That's the commitment. But a lot of times, I, again, Pastor Trotter said so often, Christians don't tell lies, we sing them. I wonder how many of us were singing a lie tonight. Will we really go anywhere? No matter what it costs us, is it true that there's no place too distant nor too dangerous to fulfill the mission? If I start talking pandemic, I'll get in trouble. There's a lot of Christians hiding under rocks over the possibility. Okay, That's all I'm going to say. Moving on. Paul, Paul tells Timothy in, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that he's to be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And, and now he comes in 2 Timothy, and, 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 and it's, it's almost like it's just, they're, they're two sides of one coin. Be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And now in 2 Timothy, he comes and says, be a good, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a good minister, you're going to be a good soldier. 
There's a lot of similarities. We're going to have to be in this fight. We're going to have to be willing to endure hardness. If you're going to be in ministry, you should fully expect that there is going to be affliction. There is going to be hardships. There's going to be pain and suffering, and you're going to have to be willing to endure that if you're going to be a good soldier in Jesus Christ. You can't be a good soldier until you've suffered some pain. I I know that's not maybe what we want to hear, but I think that's what we need to hear. I think we need to understand that, that it's true. It's required. And that won't happen through a course of study. Jeff, this morning, as he was teaching uh, in one of the morning sessions, and I will just again say to you, if you're not here for the morning sessions, you most certainly should go to Oakland Heights face, uh, website and watch those. They'll be up on Living Faith at some point in the future. But uh, those, those morning sessions are incredible, and these guys are doing incredible teaching. Uh, that, that, that's where the good stuff's at, so you need to get the good stuff, and you need to be there and, and hear that. But he talked about the fact that, that yeah, there's an aspect of education to the training. You know, we, we need to learn and, and be developed, but there's also the experience, right? Education is not enough. You need experience if we're going to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's the reason that you can't shortcut this thing. That's the reason you can't shortcut it. Man, I, I hear so much about shortcutting, short cycling the discipleship process. You know, short-cycling church planting and short-cycling the, the way we got to do this faster. We can't, we can't take all this time. When we, when we short-cycle, we shortcut it. We, we do damage to the mission. Uh, it's worthy of the time that it takes. And discipleship is something that takes time, right? It takes time to grow. It takes time to develop. It takes time to mature. It takes time to walk through life and experience some things. With somebody walking alongside you, that's what discipleship is all about. And and it's critical that we allow that to happen. You know, I've not always been the best parent that I should be because, you know, I I struggle with letting my kids suffer. I'm getting better at it. (laughs) But, but, you know, there's, there's some times you need to let them own it. Let them work through it. Let them feel some of the pain. We can't, and the same thing is true with our, our disciples. You know, Paul understood what it was to suffer for the gospel's sake, amen? Uh, he says here in, in, in verse number 8, we saw it last night, but let me just remind us, 2 Timothy 1.8, uh, be, uh, be, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. I mean, he, he had experienced, and, and he's encouraging Timothy to not be ashamed of him, to not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, not be ashamed of the testimony of Paul, who's the prisoner, who's in prison for the, the ministry's sake, but to be a partaker of the afflictions. Willingly being a, a participant in that, allowing that to happen in your life. He, he says in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3, he's, he lists all that's going on in the last days, you know, and he tells us about the, the perilous times and how men are going to be lovers of their own selves. And, and he talks about they resist the truth and the corrupt minds and, and the reprobate concerning the faith. And then in verse 10, he says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine. That, that's them, but in, in counterdistinction to them, you need to follow my life. You, you need to see the example that I have lived. You've fully known my doctrine. And it's interesting that he starts there. And that's the place it has to start. Amen? We, we live in a world that says, you know, let's put all that doctrine aside. Let's all just hold hands and sing Kumbaya. 
Uh, you know, the doctrine is just not a big deal. It's not that important. It is a big deal, and it is that important. And if we want to avoid becoming the, the guys in the last days who resist the truth and have corrupt minds and are reprobate, then, then we need to have right doctrine. Uh, that's where it has to start. And my manner of life. And, and again, you, you see the discipleship going on here, right? What Paul is saying to Timothy, his son in the faith, is I've taught you the Word of God, and you've watched me live the Word of God. You've gone along with me, and you've seen how I live. You, you understand the purpose. You know my faith. You, you've seen me be long-suffering. You've seen my love and, and my patience. You, you've seen me endure persecutions and afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium, Lystra, what persecutions I endured. He says, listen, I'm telling you to endure hardship. I'm telling you that you need to endure afflictions. And, and you've seen me. You've watched my life. You've seen me go through those things. I've lived it before you. I've been an example of that. And, and again, let me just say, that's an aspect of discipleship, Right? where they walk through those things with us and we do life together and they see how we handle those situations. But out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All that live godly in Christ Jesus. Is it, would it be fair to say, help me, would it be fair to say, we can tell if we're winning or if we're losing on the amount of persecution we suffer. Is that a fair, would that be a fair measurement? I mean, he said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And, 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 and would we agree that you know, living godly in Christ Jesus is, is winning, <laughs> allowing Christ to live through us, and, and we're living in his power and for his glory, and so that's, that's winning. And he says, if we're doing that, then we're going to suffer persecution. So if there's, if there's not been any persecution in my life, then maybe I could, I could deduct from that that I'm not living godly in Christ Jesus. I think it's fair. You know, Jay spoke for us last year. Jay Shug spoke for us last year at a missions conference, and he said something that, that stuck with me. I'll probably not say it exactly like you said it, Jay, or as, as eloquently as you said it, but he said when, when you find yourself agreeing with the enemy, he has no need to attack. When you find yourself agreeing with the enemy, he has no need to attack. Why would, he would attack, why would he attack somebody who's agreeing with him? We're called to persecution. Some of us, it's possible that we're AWOL. We're not in the fight. We're absent without leave. And you know, in the military, I understand it to be this way, that if you've been AWOL for more than 30 days, you're a deserter. And there's very severe punishment for that. We, we don't want to be AWOL. We don't want to be deserters, for sure, in the mission that we've been called to. We're to suffer persecution. Paul understood that. He says to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 3, he says, There be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul's desiring this. He, 
He wants to know Christ. He wants to know the power of his resurrection. And, and you know, I, I suspect we could all get on board with those two, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would, I, I'm in on that. I'll, I'll sign up for that. I'll sign up for knowing him, and I'll sign up for knowing the power of the resurrection. But, but to know that, I have to know the fellowship of his sufferings. I have to be made conformable to his death. There's a fellowship when we suffer with Christ. You know, if I was worth my salt, we'd have a Band of Brothers video right now. <laughs> but I'm not, so we don't. But you know, if you've ever watched that, that documentary, the miniseries, it's, it's incredible to see the relationship that those guys, even, even now, you know how they did the documentary, they interviewed the guys uh, that, that the movie's about from Easy Company, and, and before every episode, they come on and they're talking to them, and and those guys still have this incredible bond such that they're, they're moved emotionally when they, when they talk about each other and they, they talk about things that happen. They talk about the kinship that they have and the relationship that they had. There's a fellowship to the sufferings when they go through, through Bastogne and they're, they're there in the cold and they don't have the right equipment and they're freezing and they're, they're being bombarded. When you go through things like that together, you have a special kinship, a special relationship and what we're being called to is that kind of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That we would enter into the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. That we would willingly subject ourselves to that. You know, I think sometimes we wonder, well, what, what's the big deal? Why, why is that so important? Why, why is it that, that God requires suffering? Why do we have to go through the trials and tribulations and persecutions and all these things? Why is that necessary? Well, ultimately, it's, it's so that we're made conformable unto his death. It's, it's so that we are like Christ. You see, God has a predetermined goal for your life. He has a predetermined goal for my life. And that predetermined goal is that I would become like Jesus Christ. And this might come as a shock to you. I'm not there yet. That was a joke. Not a very good one, but nonetheless a joke. Yeah, I'm not there, obviously. Maybe this is more surprising to you. You're not either. <laughs> yeah, none of us have, you know, Paul says he hasn't attained. We haven't, right? We, we won't be there until we stand before him and see him as he is, right? But we're going through this process, and it's, it's, it's hopefully a, a daily change in our lives. And ultimately, we, we go through suffering because I don't change when I know enough I know how to. I change when I hurt enough that I have to. God has to take me through some things to, to get me to the point that I, I die to myself. And I allow him to live in and through me. That requires some suffering. That requires a willingness to, to subject ourselves to suffering and to to walk through, to, to endure it, to, to not stop short. Paul writes to the church at Rome, Romans chapter 5, he says that he glories in tribulations. He says, and, and not only so, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And the beginning of the chapter, he's talked about the peace that we have and, and the access to God that we have, the hope that we have, 
in our standing, like we talked about last night, right? We, we have this position in Christ, and, and it's an incredible position. And, and Paul says, I rejoice in that. That's, that's an incredible privilege that we have. But, but not only do I rejoice in that, I, I rejoice in the tribulations. So there's, there's our standing before God. We, we have this incredible standing, but, but we also have this practical daily existence, the state that we live in, right? Not, not you know, Georgia or, or Alabama or Missouri or wherever, but the state of our lives, where we're at. And Paul talks about that in Philippians chapter 4. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And so Paul is talking about some of the states that he found himself in. I know how to, how to be abased, and I know how to abound. You know what I think our immediate response to, is, to, to that is, is, oh yeah, well, well abounding is a whole lot better than being abased. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Have we learned? Have we learned how to do that? Have we learned whether we're, we're abounding or, or if we're abased? In everything and all things, I have been instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Paul says, I, I rejoice not only in my standing that I have in Christ, and certainly that's worthy of rejoicing about, right? We should rejoice in that. But Paul goes on to say, I, I, also enjoy, I also rejoice in the tribulations. I, I rejoice because I understand what God's doing. I, I rejoice that I, I have this hope in my eternal destiny. It's secure in Christ. But I also rejoice in the midst of my trials in my present life. He's rejoicing because he understands what God is doing in his life. He says, I rejoice by, by knowing that tribulation worketh patience, right? I, I understand that these tribulations that come in my life, they're working patience. You know, as a kid growing up in church, I grew up in a small Baptist church in rural Georgia, just an hour north of here. You know, it was popular for people saying, well, don't, don't, don't pray for patience. Because then you're going to get tribulation. That's a pretty naive understanding of the Scriptures. Paul says, I, I glory in it because I know that these, these, these times of tribulation, and listen, it, initially we, we know that by faith, but, but what, what, what the process is, is God wants to get me to the place that, that I know that by experience, that I've experienced in my life, that I've walked through these times of tribulation, these times of, of persecution and affliction and, and difficulty, and, and I understand that God is faithful. Tribulation works patience so that I can, I can endure these situations that are outside of my control without losing my joy. I'm in a situation that's outside my control, and, and I can endure it without losing my joy. You know, we're Americans, right? We are impatient people. You know, I, you know, I, I think we even say, hey, I wouldn't mind having patience if it didn't take so long. If, you know, we could just get this over with. I mean, how many of us? I am the chief among us. We find ourselves in a, in a time of difficulty, a time of struggle, a, a time of whatever persecution, tribulation, hardship. What do we pray? Get me out of here! 
<laughs> okay. That's what I pray. I'm carnal. You guys are spiritual. It's okay. That's what I ask for. That's what I end up, you know, that's, that's, that's the way I am. Just where is the next exit ramp from this mess? James says, James chapter 1, again, it'll be on the screen. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Against the same principle, right? Trying of your faith worketh patience. But notice, notice the next verse, verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work. You know, the idea is, if you want to opt out, opt out. Let patience have her perfect work. Let it work. Be willing. Embrace it. Endure it. Don't stop short. Years ago, Drew was a teenager. He was young and immature. Now he's old and immature. <laughs> Sorry. I love my son, and if we didn't have a good Drew joke, it, wouldn't, it just wouldn't be right. I love both my kids. Where's my daughter? She's in preschool. That's okay. Good. Uh, it's a good thing to do. Good job, Warren. I do love my kids, and I'm proud of my kids. And let me just say one other thing while I'm there about my kids. There's not a church on earth that I would be more excited about my kids being a part of than this one. Including the one I pastor. I'd love to have my kids there. But I'm thrilled they're here under the leadership team that's here being discipled and matured. Uh, I can't think of a better place, a place I'd rather have them. No doubt about it. And thank you for loving them and taking care of them. Back to the story. <laughs> so one summer, uh, Drew's going down to Mexico. He's going to go stay with Brian and Heidi. And, uh, and so he goes down, and uh, we, you know, we're talking back and forth. And again, he's, he's, I think, 15, 16, young and immature. Uh, and man, he's been there about a week, and he calls me. And, and it's, Dad, you got to get me out of here. <laughs> and nothing with Brian and Heidi, but just, just man, I can't. This, this cross-cultural thing, I'm freaking out. I need my mama. I don't know. <laughs> Separation anxiety. I'm not trying to make fun of my son. I'm trying to give you a good illustration. And again, I love my son. You know, if you were 16, you'd act that way too. Uh, and I said, well, you know, Drew, man, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out a way, I guess. But what you've got to do is you've got to go talk to Brian. You've got, I mean, you've got to tell Brian. You've got to communicate. And he goes and he talks to Brian. And I, I, there's a piece of advice that Brian gave him that I want to give you tonight that I've never forgotten. Brian said to Drew, it's fine, Drew. If, you, if, you, if that's what needs to happen, we'll, we'll make it happen. But let me just say this to you. You're this far into this. And someday you will have to go through this. 
Don't waste the time that you've already invested. Just see it through. Just see it through. Let patience have her perfect work. What incredible advice. I've never forgotten it. It, it, it impacted me as much as it impacted him. And, and, he, and he stayed, and, and, and God worked, and it was a wonderful experience. That's what, that's what we're talking about. When you find yourself in the midst of trials and tribulations and difficulties, if, if, you, if you want patience to have her perfect work, then, then you have to endure that, right? You, you have to stick with it. You have to stay in there. And then, and then patience works experiences. As I endure tribulations, then I, I gain experience. What Paul said back up in, in Philippians chapter 4, he says, for I have learned, right? I mean, you might start out this thing that's just by faith. I believe the word of God. I'm going to stick in there. I know God's faithful. I know I can trust him. And, and so I'm going to hang in. I'm going to stick through it. But as I, as I go through these experiences, then I begin to learn that my, my patience gives me experience. I know that I can trust God. I've, I've been through this before. I know what it's like to succeed and what it's like to fail. I've gained experience and experience gives hope. Not just hope in my standing, but hope in my, my state, wherever I'm at, whatever's going on in my life. I have hope. I have an earnest expectation that God is faithful. His grace is sufficient. It's what we saw last night out of 2 Corinthians where, where Paul goes to the Lord and he's got this, this thorn in the flesh and, and three times he goes and he asks the Lord to take it away and, and God says, no, but my grace is sufficient. It's enough. And Paul says, you know what? That's good enough for me. Because I'd rather be weak in my flesh to be strong in the Lord. I'd rather have His strength in my life. Romans 5 says, and hope. So it's, it's, it's patience works tribulation. Or tribulation works patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope. And what does hope do? It makes you not ashamed. Remember what Paul was concerned about last night? when he talks about those others who were losers in the fight? What was the issue? They were ashamed of the Lord and of his testimony, and they were ashamed of Paul. How do I get to the place that I'm not ashamed? I'm willing to endure hardship. I'm willing to walk through the trials. I'm, I'm willing to trust the Lord in my state, regardless of what it brings. Listen. If we're going to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to endure some hardship. There, there's, there's no other way. There's no other way to learn it than going through it. There's not a book. There's not a course. The LFBI courses are awesome. As Brandon shared earlier, just phenomenal training and teaching and so much information. And we need that. That's, that's, it's imperative that we have that. But you also have to have some life experience. You've got to go through some stuff. You know, David had, David had some mighty men, right? First Chronicles, let me just read to you real quick. And the Gadites, uh, they're separated themselves out of David in the hold of the wilderness. Men of might and men of war, fit for battle, who could hold shield and buckler, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as the rose upon the mountains. I mean, these, these are some guys who are ready to fight, right? These are some guys who, who, who have faces like lions. They've been through some stuff. And, and later down in the, the, the same chapter, verse 33, uh, he talks about the fact that they, they went forth to battle. They were expert in war, all instruments of war, 50,000, which could keep rank. They were not of a double heart. Would to God we had some people who could keep rank. And not of a double heart. 
who just wanted to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, who just wanted to be a part of the mission. Let me just live my life in the power of the Spirit and for the glory of God. All the rest of the stuff is just trappings. It's just nonsense. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about my preferences. It doesn't matter what I like. It doesn't matter about the style. It doesn't matter about the lights and the sound and the air conditioning. All that matters is that we accomplish the mission. I can keep rank. Yes, sir. What would you like for me to do? I don't have a double heart. My heart is sold out to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever, right? Whatever, whenever, wherever. Whatever it takes. Doesn't matter if it costs me my life. Whatever it takes. I'm prepared. This... We can't give in to the consumer-driven Christianity. We've got to stop searching for churches like we, like we choose department stores. We're soldiers in an army fighting in a battle. It's not about my preferences. So maybe we ought to ask ourselves right now, what are you enduring? What are you enduring right now? Are you enduring anything? Is there there some some stuff going on in your life? You got some tribulations? You got some hardships? Let me encourage you tonight to rejoice in that. Because God's doing a work in your life. And, And let me encourage you tonight to let Him do that. Let Him do it. Don't resist it. You know, you can, you can resist God so much. You can ask God. The, the worst thing that could ever happen to any of us is God to give us what we want, right? Yeah, that's, that's the scary version of the story. God actually gives us what we want. And, and, and you know what? From my understanding of the Scripture, He'll do that. Keep asking. He'll let you make a mess out of it. He's not going to force you. Remember the disciples, John chapter 6? I got the big crowd, right? We just got this thing going good. I mean, we get a little notoriety, taking traction. We're growing. And Jesus says, one of those things he says, you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And everybody said, no thanks. The disciples, you know, I, I can just imagine they'll ticked off, right? Every time, he does this every time. We get a big crowd. He says stupid things. <laughs> and they all leave. And Peter says, Lord, they all left. And Jesus says, oh, come on, guy. Oh, come on, please don't go. Please don't go. Please, please stay. No. You want to go too? You can go. Kind of shocked them back into reality, didn't it? You can go. It's okay. I'm not going to force you to stay. You can leave. Woke Peter up to say, no, no, no. <laughs> to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We don't want to go anywhere. Let me, let, me, let me quickly add a couple of things. We'll be done. It's... It's tough training, but, but it's also total training. It's, 
It needs to be whole, body, soul, and spirit. God's not into behavior modification, right? And that's what you know, Paul talks about in Thessalonians, that, that, that God would sanctify, right? And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're, it, it, it's, it's, it's whole. It's, it's all of me given to him. It's, it's my body and my soul and my spirit. And, and there's a lot that we could say about that. You know, that, that, that we're to give Romans chapter 12. We, we looked at it the other night. He says that we should give our bodies. And a lot of times we read that as if we should give our lives. That's not what he says. He, should, he says we should give our bodies as a living sacrifice. And, and, and you know, just notice that, that it needs to be a living sacrifice, okay? You know, so many people are waiting around to a better day. And, you know, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not against that. We're not against, hey, pastor, we're not against evangelism and discipleship. We're, we're going to do that. We're just, just not today. Just not right now. I've been with, with more people than a, than a fellow ought to be with when they left this world. And a lot of people live this world with regrets because they never got to the business of life. They, they lived for this world. It's living, and it's a sacrifice. This is simple. Do it while you're alive, and it's going to cost you something. It's a sacrifice. And so we, we offer ourselves to him. Here's my hands, God. Do with them as you please. Here's my mouth, God. Speak through me. Here's my eyes, God. I don't want to be looking at things I shouldn't. Here's my ears. Don't want to be listening to things, stuff I shouldn't be. They, they belong to you. And do with them as you please. I belong to you. A living sacrifice, holy, right? Pastor Mark, it's not just off, it's on. It's not just putting off that old man, but putting on the new man, which is renewed, right? Living in true holiness. It's an acceptable sacrifice. It's only acceptable if, if he, he has all of me, right? I, I can't bring that, that lame and blind. And I, I, Malachi tells us that, that that's not a, an acceptable sacrifice. I, I can't give him that which doesn't cost me anything. He deserves all of it. I, it our bodies... Our souls, our minds, our will is to be surrendered to Him. Paul told the church at Corinth that, 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 that we, we, again, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. When you read through Timothy, all of these, imagine, these fables and these wives' tales and this profane babbling that's going on, all of this nonsense, cast those things down. And every high thing, the, the endless genealogies that he talks about, the, the oppositions of science, falsely so-called, casting those things down, our minds surrendered to the Lordship, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. It's not just behavioral modification. It's all of me given in sacrifice to him, surrendered to him. Proverbs talks about a man who hath no rule over his spirit it's like a city that is broken down and without walls. Body, soul, and spirit. This training is, is not just, you know, falling into some legalistic system where, where, you know, I look good and I smell good and I act good, okay. You know, when everybody's looking, everything's fine. No, it's a, it's a totality. It's my whole body given to him. The ideal of discipleship is so much more than just a few lessons. It's not about lessons. The Word of God is, is obviously critical in understanding the truths of the Word of God. 
It's critical. It's about life. The transference of life. Paul says, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How do you endure? How do you endure hardness? How do you make it through those times? A lot of what we've said so far. But ultimately, I think the truth is this. You look unto Jesus. You focus on Jesus. He's the captain. He's in charge. We endure by trusting the one who has endured. He set the example. Listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 12, I think it's on the screen. Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which has so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Chapter 11, obviously you know, he's just come through this, this whole list of the heroes of the faith. So many examples of, of, of people who endured so much but stayed faithful to God. They trusted him. They believed him. But ultimately, we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest, for fear that, ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. How do we make it? How do we endure? How do we go through difficult times? How do we, how do we make it through tribulation and persecution? You look unto Jesus. And that's not just some pious platitude. That's not just some cute saying. Oh yeah, look unto Jesus. That's a reality. Look what he endured. Remember what he endured for us. He despised the shame. It was a shameful thing to be stripped naked and beaten so that his, he wasn't even recognizable as a man. To allow himself to be nailed to a cross and hung before the world. He endured that for us. He endured such contradiction of sinners. There's never a greater contradiction, right? I mean, he's, he's sacrificing himself for the very ones who are nailing him to the cross. The very people who put him there, he's sacrificing himself for them. That's an incredible contradiction. If I want to make it through times of trouble and difficulty, and, and, and we've all been through them, we've all struggled and we've all had things happen to us, we've, we've all had people treat us in ways that we certainly would have considered a contradiction, I've been so good and kind and, and, and loving towards you, and, and now this? How do you get through stuff like that? You look to Jesus. You consider Him and what He did for us. And as you do that, I, I believe with all of my heart, if we'll do that sincerely, what we, what we find out is this. We've entered into a fellowship, a sweet fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've gone through what he's, not to the level, we've, we've not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. We've not been through the cross. We've never dealt with what he dealt with on that cross. The, the wrath of God for the sins of the world poured out upon him. But we can certainly identify. We've entered into a special fellowship with him. A new, deeper, intimate relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I think that's the key to being able to, as Paul said, take pleasure in infirmities, to take pleasure in persecutions and in necessities and all of those things that come in life. If we're going to be good soldiers, we've got to endure. We've got to endure hardness. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We are grateful tonight that you love us. We're grateful tonight that you were willing to endure, that you were willing to to go to the cross, though you despised the shame. You you did it for the joy that was set before you, the relationship that that we now enjoy with you. And we're so grateful for that. And Father, we pray that as we endeavor to be good soldiers of you, that you would continuously remind us of what you've done for us, that we would continuously keep before our face your Son, Jesus Christ, that we would consider him, that we would look unto him, Father, that we would be willing to suffer. We would be willing to be persecuted and maligned and and troubled. Realizing that you were working a greater work within us. You are conforming us to the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And you're giving us the incredible privilege to enter into a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, Joe. Man, what a challenging word from the Lord, right? Not about you guys, but just kind of hit us where we're at. Because this thing as Joe was sharing, the time that we're in, you know, we live in such a fast-paced society, and we want it. We want it now, right? You go to the drive-thru, McDonald's. They're not going through fast enough, right? We've got to have it now, and we're not willing to wait. And God's told us many times in the circumstances that we're in, the situation that we're in is, and find a settled place. Don't look at the circumstances around you. It reminds me in the book of Mark where the storms are raging around you. And God just comes out and says, peace be still. And many times we want to take those storms and let them overwhelm us. That's what Joe is sharing with us tonight is we need to just stop and look to God. Look at what God has shared us in the light. When those dark times come, and trust in Him, and know that He is the one that's going to be faithful to lead us in and through those times. So I'm thankful again for you guys being with us. So as we finish up, we have another special opportunity we're going to be hearing uh, from a missionary. So I'm going to have Eric Brown come up here with us. Give him a round of applause. So uh, Eric is a missionary that's in preparation to go to Ireland. So our church had the privilege of hearing from him, not directly, it was in a video sense. You know, we had this COVID thing going on, everything's rocking along good, and all of a sudden we had this Sunday out of the blue. And uh, it was like, man, we're going to have to change things around. So he was so gracious to send us a video and share the Word of God with us. So it's a great opportunity to have him in person. So we're good to have you here. So just a couple of things that we just want to share with the folks here. So tell us more about when you guys are planning to go to Ireland, a little bit about that that's coming up. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, again, uh, just quickly, thank you all for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great to to put some faces with names, especially those from Oakland Heights that, again, only got to see me through the screen. But in regards to, uh, to going to Ireland, uh, you know, I wish I could say we had things perfectly mapped out and planned out. Um, I think every missionary wishes he could say that, but what we've learned is that's, that's just not how God operates. You know, we've had some, some cool things that we wanted to do that, that we put before the Lord, and, man, he shut some doors uh, multiple times. Uh, however, as he shut doors, uh, he has obviously opened uh, some really cool things uh, for us. 
you know, I, it's been awesome. I wish I had uh, time to tell you of the, the multiple open doors, but, but what we've seen is some opportunities open up here within the last couple of months. And so, uh, long story short, uh, we are going uh, at the beginning of May. Uh, we are, we're planning on going, and in case you guys hadn't heard, there's some craziness going on in the world right now, and uh, that, has, you know, that has made some things difficult for us. Uh, but again, it, you know, that's, that's how God operates sometimes, endure hardness, right? And so uh, we, we're planning to go in May. Uh, we have a church there uh, that has requested us uh, to kind of come and, and help. Uh, for, the past, for the past year, um, you know, churches have not been able to meet in Ireland. Um, for 10 out of the last 12 months, they have been able, they've not been able to go more than three miles outside of their own house. Uh, they are isolated. They are alone. And um, man, that's, they need Jesus. Um, they need Jesus Christ. And uh, time, is, time is running out. And so we are, we're looking to get over there as soon as possible. There are many things and many opportunities that if you guys catch me, maybe afterwards, I can catch you up on it and, and get you information on it and some things that we're starting, going to start to plant uh, right at the beginning of May. So where exactly in Ireland are you guys heading? Yeah, we're headed to Dublin. All okay. right. So yeah, so we have uh, key cities, obviously, that, that Paul ministered to all throughout. We have some key cities uh, in Ireland, that main key city being Dublin. Uh, just, uh, just a little bit south of there uh, is that church in a, in a small city called Bray that we're going to be starting some things in. Uh, our main goal, our main opportunity that we want to to strongly pursue and, and get after right away is planting a church in Dublin. Uh, and then there is also another opportunity about an hour and a half south of, of Dublin. The second largest city in Ireland is Cork. There is a church in need of somebody or someone to come and uh, possibly pastor a church in Cork. And so we're actually going over as a team uh, there's uh, Brandon Blackford. Many of you guys got to meet him. Uh, him and his family will be joining us uh, in the near future as well to explore more opportunities uh, in the south of, Dub- or south of Ireland and Cork. And that sounds like an incredible opportunity. We're super excited to uh, hear about what God's doing. And so let's do this for us. So tell us a couple of things that we can help pray for you tonight for that. Yeah, so obviously first and foremost is, is prayer getting over there, especially uh, full-time and, and being able to stay. We, we're, again, we're going to explore all opportunities that we can, especially while we're there, um, but getting there, getting to the country full-time, uh, getting all of that paperwork done, again, um, has proved difficult, and so we're continuing to work, work through that. Uh, they are big into data and numbers uh, over there in regards to the COVID cases, and so we are actively praying that those COVID cases go down. Uh, in Ireland. And then finally, just uh, some final preparations in regards to our family preparing, moving, getting stuff ready, selling everything. You know, that is, that's always fun and and a treat getting all that type of stuff taken care of. But we are currently in the process of wrapping all that up. So those are kind of our three uh, main prayer requests that we would, man, cover your guys' prayers for. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I love Eric, just opportunity we've been able to catch up in person now. Uh, we've talked a couple of times, and I just think, you know, he's a genuine guy, just like many of us, many of you guys, and worked a secular job and was made himself available. God's called him on the mission field, and maybe that's one of you um, that God could be preparing for that opportunity. So let's take a few minutes right now, and I'm going to ask you guys to join me as we pray for Eric and his family and for that opportunity God's given him. Heavenly Father, God, again, we're so thankful for uh, Eric, and we're just thankful for the calling that you put on his life. And God, the direction and guidance you're providing them. And God, specifically, we ask you, Lord, to be with his family. We know there's just so many different variables and things that go into this preparation. And 
you know, it sounds all nice and easy as we have these conversations, but God, there's a lot of many things that go on behind the scenes. So can we ask you, Lord, to give them their grace, give them uh, just patience through this process as they look to sell the many worldly possessions that they have. They make those preparations to receive the funds that they need, that you can open the doors, God, for the conversations that they'll have with churches and other areas. And, and God, as we make the trip over there, that you will begin opening the doors. Um, there's many things, as we all have personally experienced, but especially over there in Ireland, that you can uh, work out the travel and the arrangements to get over there, as well as the COVID, that you will just open up that window of opportunity. With You've heard him as their prayer and their preparation is for May. So, God, we're trusting you to be able to open that door for that specific timing. Um, and in that preparation, God, that you can be already working um, for the people there, specifically in their hearts and minds, that they'll be receptive to the work that's already going on and, and the work that Eric and his team is going to be bringing there for them. And God, we just ask you, Lord, to use Eric and just put your hand upon him, that, you will, that he will be that vessel that you've called him to be, that you will speak uh, the truth that he, you have established within him and be able to communicate that and raise up disciples, as we've talked about this week, uh, to equip them to impact the people there in Dublin, Ireland. And again, we're so thankful that we can bring these needs before you, and we know that you're here and answer our prayers. In your humble name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Eric. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.